The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Steady futures, tons of cross currents, though, underneath from Lilly and Spotify earnings to news on Boeing and Tesla. Four Fed speakers today and a three year note auction. Our roadmap begins with global markets. China stocks come roaring back, but Palantir points to a world of, quote, increasing chaos and danger. Plus, the weight loss. Boom. And it is a boom. Eli Lilly saying obesity drugs will, will help boost its sales by 20% this year. And speaking of years, so far, Tesla's no good, very bad year. Shares are down nearly 30%. It's right. year to date. Of course, it does right. make it the worst performing stock for 2024. Let's begin with the markets and earnings. Palantir, as we said, surging on stronger than expected quarterly results and guidance. But China and growing geopolitical dangers also on Alex Karp's radar. This is what he had to say on last night's call. The more dangerous, the more real it gets, the more battle-tested and real your software has to be. I believe it's about to get very real. Why? Because our GDP growth is significantly better than China's. Now, I know the always wrong crowd says we then should get peace, but... I'm telling you that the rational result of the rational uh, uh, consequences of that is our adversaries are like, America's going to be stronger tomorrow than today. It's like they don't have a GDP story because they cannot, they do not build these systems as well as we do. They do not have the tech community we do, and they do not have the U.S. market like we do. Re look at our results. And so as this becomes more and more dangerous, the, 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 every company in the world whether they're small, big, whether they're a startup, whether they're one of the largest primes, or whether us, is going to have to actually prove their software works on the battlefield. Meantime, Jim, U.S. commercial business up 70, and the guide above on Q1 OperNet. Yeah, look, uh, it was a remarkable quarter. Uh, now, I'm used to uh, George Kurtz and, uh, from CrowdStrike and Akesh Aurora from Palo Alto Networks. Now, they handle themselves a little bit differently from the way CARP does. I mean, they are, I would say, statesmen, where uh, Alex CARP has now revealed himself as the Dave Portnoy of cybersecurity. I happen to like Portnoy very much, so that's not a slam. My favorite line in the entire thing was when he started talking, he said, and then you compare your self-pleasuring to our operationally relevant, commercially viable, critical to your enterprise results, I think that uh, I had never really thought about comparing my self-pleasuring to his results, but bingo. I never thought I'd hear that reference <laughs> in the I mean, uh, 9 o'clock hour on CNBC. Car, car plays for real. I mean, you know. When I started here 30 years ago, there was a show on at 11 o'clock that talked a lot about that. I forget the name of it, but I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Well, I mean, there is just some tremendous... Uh, discussion about how great our country is, but also uh, Pounder's the only uh, company that's working for both Ukraine and Israel. He does have, you know, he's hot as a razor. They're getting the right people. Now, let me just step back on this guy. Uh, when he first started, he was bad boy, okay? Now, he still speaks bad boy, 
Well, he ain't a bad boy. He's getting a lot of orders. And my only problem is, is that if Nikesh and uh, Aurora from Palo Alto and George Kersalusi on CrowdStrike, they'll say, get a grip, Jim. You don't handle yourself like this. But he is, you know, handling a lot of military orders. He's from Philadelphia, by the way. It's kind of making money. Uh, but is your point that you, you would prefer Palo Alto and CrowdStrike as absolutely. a stock? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, in the end, I find military fickle. Uh, witness Lockheed Martin, one of the greatest companies on earth, run by James Takelin, one of the great CEOs on earth. And it cannot get out of its way. And I don't want to deal with, like, sequestration or whatever. In this case, there was a funding problem in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. uh, that made it so that you're where you're at the mercy of the government, David. Do I really want to be at the mercy of, of what some people, but not me, of course, are calling a clown show? Uh, no, it would be very difficult. A lot of uh, relying on funding in various areas, particularly perhaps uh, defense appropriations yeah. overseas, certainly, which we're seeing right now tied up with this border bill in the Senate, which every minute seems to be less likely to occur. Right. But I understand why the stock's up. I mean, they delivered. They delivered a lot of orders. And the, he actually mentions uh, bombastic. He is bombastic. Uh, and the orders were bombastic. The orders were extraordinary. I mean, you know, it's like some would say bombastic. Well, I don't know. Some would call him Maurice. I don't know what to do with this guy, but he's hysterical. Uh, yeah, meantime, it, Jim, uh, we did have a bit of a bounce in uh, China equities, uh, even yes. after this uh, FT piece about a Goldman survey in which 40 percent of respondents said they thought China equities were uninvestable. Yeah, I'm not so sure whether that's true anymore. I have here in my hands a document uh, which is uh, from uh, Amnesty International. When we try to get to the bottom of what happened in the 2016 moment where China bottomed, we had uh, we you only had to look at it. Say I, I would say. I don't know, uh, relatively in a similar period, David, the uh, execution of white-collar criminals, uh, including a known group of uh, business people uh, who were reputed to be sellers. Mm-hmm. So that's your point is that's not sending a lot of confidence? No, I think if you're going to be killed for selling, I think you might hold off selling. Maybe you uh, take a look at the chart or something say it's going to bounce. Well, I wish I were kidding. There are Many un- people attributed the white-collar executions to the bottom of the market. Uh, yeah, Which, well, by the way, Amnesty International says there's far more than the China reports. Right. Uh, there are reports from Bloomberg, though, that regulators led by the Chinese Securities Regulatory Commission plan to update the top leadership on market conditions yeah. and the policy initiatives um, and potentially at least give some sort of dose of confidence to what have been falling stock prices but almost every day. The government has a list of known sellers, not unlike what uh, Senator Joe McCarthy had about a list of uh, known communists in the secretary in the State Department. Yeah. They got a list of known sellers, and I wish I were kidding. David, they're going to put tremendous pressure on the sellers. As in threatening what? To, to, to imprison them? What? What's your point here? Yes. Well, well, what are they going to do? Like, I don't think find the market's them? looking market for that. They're just looking for some sort of That's encouragement and or some sort of stimulus. In 2016, talk about China. 2016 is reputed that they called sellers in and made it very clear what awaited them if they continued to sell. Now, if this were a joke, I would stop talking about it. But it was understood to be reality. Amnesty International was trying to figure out what the heck happened with the white-collar executions. 
The flows out of China are having a real impact. Uh, uh, you can tell, obviously, about what's happened to markets in Japan. And here, Jim, uh, Nikkei's story last night that the United States now accounts for nearly half of global market cap, highest concentration in a couple of decades. Yeah, and we have companies that I think we're all kind of puzzled by at this point, like a Supermicro, which could go up at a level that we've never... You know, a lot of people are saying to me, Jim, when was the last time you saw this? And other than Dome Petroleum in the early 80s, which turned out to be a fraud, unfortunately, uh, there, I've never seen anything go up at this level at this speed. And Supermicro, I mean, David, I had Supermicro on, all right? I mean, it, it's adjacent to NVIDIA. I, yeah, what does Supermicro do for the edification? They do the racks for, the racks for AI. I uh-huh. mean, it's a real company. Right. Uh, they, But if you look at the performance, I think you'd say, this is just inconceivable that any market could could uh, have a stock that is up 700 percent well, in one year. Well, it, it's, it's a reflection of the enthusiasm around the importance of AI. Which but do you, think it's, uh, that it, do you think it's excess? Uh, it may be. I don't know the particulars of that company, Jim. You know it better than I do. I, I, I think it's a very good company. I just, but, I mean, look at Avertive, though, right? Our old friend Dave well, Cody. Dave Cody, what's happened in, to that stock? He put in a terrific CEO, and that um, company was outperformed. It's not in the S&P, but outperformed every stock in the S&P last did, year, including it's, you know, I mean, there are, list, there are investors who continue to look for other opportunities beyond the obvious ones being NVIDIA and or right. uh, Microsoft. Okay, so I'll give you an obvious. Um, you want and, an obvious? And there's Vertiv for one year. That's an incredibly is, you know, you need now, they are right in the data center. Data They're center. helping you create and build your data centers. You uh, there's right another name that. I'll give you, Coherent. You see that stock? Yes, With Coherent. The ability to nice numbers. Think, optically communicate, I guess, is what it really well, is. Well, and Marvell, nice Marvell Tech, if you want optic communication, you got to go with Marvell. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you the next one because uh, I'm not Carnac Magnificent, but I certainly have the, it, again, I have the goods. David, uh, J.P. Morgan is back writing about Broadcom. Started as a buy. Uh, remember, they had to be quiet because of uh, VMware deal. Yeah. Uh, they put on the focus list, David. It's a meaningful call, uh, and it won't stop at up 16 because Broadcom, of course, is adjacent to NVIDIA. How about NVIDIA over three months adding the equivalent of a Tesla? Well, NVIDIA, if you take a look at over 5, 10, 15-year period, is the best-performing stock. It's just done it very quietly. Uh, and one of the reasons it's done very quietly is, is that it's not like Jensen Wong, the C- CEO, beats his chest. I mean, it's just the opposite. But he is everywhere at all times, and he's got product that enables you. I mean, I was looking again at some of the most recent product that compared to, to Lisa Su, who I think has done a great job at AMD. But they have NVIDIA's product is loaded with learning software. By the way, uh, uh, Alex Karp in Palantir talks about the need you know, that we're great at software in this country. Well, I would say that the software that goes into the H200 uh, new system that that Jensen's unveiling is so powerful that you're. It's very difficult to not use Nvidia if you're if you're Mark Zuckerberg. Sometimes it feels like between Nvidia and Lilly, which we're going to be discussing in a moment, other given the strong numbers, that it's it's, it's it's sometimes can you can make this a lot harder than it needs to be. I mean, I, I spend a day speaking to hedge fund managers who are always talking, who are always focused on risk adjusting. And yeah seemingly never seem to miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Instead yeah, well, that's just, because they're like, oh, even wow, though it's right in front off, of you and saying on, AI is ascendant, NVIDIA is the key, own it. GLP-1s are, as we've said every day, taking the country by storm, taking the world by storm, well, and seemingly do not have significant side effects versus at least the 
positives, not to mention the 22, 23% weight loss. Obviously, there can which, be some Which loss is more, muscle, by the way, in the engine drive. Own Lily. And there it is. And okay. so if you own Lily and NVIDIA in any size, you outperform And that's why my else. Chapel Trust Period. has a huge amount of Lily and NVIDIA. It has for a long time. Now, David, this morning we got some data on, a na- on the NASH study by Lily. You know, this is not an alcohol liver problems. Yep. Well, between 9 to 15 million people have NASH. Of course, NASH leads to, often leads to uh, liver damage, but also liver cancer. And uh, the drug works on NASH, which is shocking because nothing's worked on NASH. So yet another indication, perhaps. Well, there's a terzepatide syndrome. For Manjuro or and or. Correct. If you turn to page 17 of your handout, terzepatide synergy, that's their drug, synergy NASH phase two study, phase two, all doses met primary endpoint of absence of of NASH. Uh, I, I mean, I don't even know how this is possible, that this could work so well on something that has been, Carl, for some people, death sentence. And now they've got something. Uh, when is that? Are they going to actually? Well, they're try in phase and get two, but I think the, for that. if I were the FDA and I read this, I would say uh, we got to make this right through. Yeah, just put it right through. Don't even go, don't even go to phase three. Just go uh, because this can save a lot of lives. Meantime, uh, Lily is uh, up 121 percent in a year, uh, going for five straight. Record closes today, Jim. Manjaro beats uh, 2.2 billion streets. It was at 175, I think. Now, you can't get Manjaro. In, so it was impossible to get Manjaro in New York. Now, David, the truck from Manjaro, <laughs> I make jokes about it. But the Wells you take, Fargo wagon, only the, 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 the Manjaro wagon. If you take a look wagon. at where they're trying to get it to, they can't really get it to free. You know, they have to get these other North Ca- second North Carolina plant going. There's also an issue with the actual pen. That's made by Beckton Dickinson. Now, Beckton Dickinson is working 24-7 to get the pens out. There's a possibility that they could have a pen that has five different doses in it or four doses that would make it so that they could make it so it's more prevalent. But I was shocked that the Manjaro, that the numbers were extraordinarily worse because it's not even out for the most part. And the guidance pretty much in line, yeah, would you say, at the midpoint? That's Rick, you know, you, 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 know, you have David Ricks will not ever get ahead of what could happen. And the CFO, uh, Annette Ashkenazi, I'm I'm talking about almost as good as the CFO who retired this morning and breaks my heart. Maybe the greatest CFO of our time retired today. Rich Galanti from Costco. And by the way, they picked the CFO who resigned from Kroger yesterday. What a coaching tree. Um, Guys, uh, to to come back to the very top of the show and the kind of surprising comments from Jim, the show was uh, called Real Personal, and the host was a gentleman named Bob Berkowitz. He was on CNBC Real at like personal. 11 p.m. at night. Well, I thought it was Joe Pine. Thank you, uh, Kevin McGee. Thank you, our old executive producer. There you go. Yep. Watching the show Good at home. McGee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is self- you know, I would is, never have come up with it. What does self-pleasuring mean? <laughs> uh, speaking of which, what, when we come back, when it rains, it pours for Tesla. Now, as David said, the worst performer on the S&P for the year. Got another downgrade today. Uh, the firm says the blows just keep on coming. Uh, meantime, we'll get to DuPont, Spotify, Carrier, Boeing, GE Healthcare. Got some news on J.P. Morgan and Estee Lauder when we come right back. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Tesla shares extending their losses for the year. This morning, Daiwa cuts the stock to neutral from outperform, citing some corporate governance concerns surrounding the EV maker. Tesla is the year's worst performing stock on the S&P, down about 28%. Jim, we didn't mention yesterday the report out of Handelsblatt that SAP is going to stop using them as company cars. That was interesting. Look, I know that the board right now is under fire, but I would love to see the board come out and uh, ratify that they stand by him. Uh, and that he passed the drug tests and that uh, whatever has been written is, for the most part, been discredited. It's really important that they get that out. Uh, now, I, I, I know that some people feel the board is conflicted, but what matters is, does the board stand by him or is the board going to say we have to do an investigation of him you know, before, you know, in front of when the SEC investigates? That Wall Street Journal article is not meant to be able to do anything other than get the SEC to crank it up. Not justice. What would they, what would it be? Disclosure problems. Disclosure. Yeah. What disclosure problems? In other words, what specifically would they be citing as Internally, they knew that he was perhaps unstable, and so therefore he should have been placed on leave. Now, by the way, I think that all- Making that judgment, how do you even- No, 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 let me back up. I I think the board has to say, listen, all this stuff is not true. We have no evidence of this, and that we stand by him. None of this is- uh, was in play. Right. Because right now the SEC is saying, okay, is he a rogue character? There is a board. Now, you may think the board's conflicted. I, I don't care. The board has to issue a statement today saying we have examined all these or we have hired, I don't know, Paul Weiss, and they're going to examine all these. Okay? They you, have you to don't, do that. You don't care that the board's conflicted because the stock's been a winner? Is it sort of uh, ends, justifies no, the means and, and kind of the, you know, the, And the judge talked about that. The judge talked about, hey, listen, it doesn't matter if it's a winner or not. What we're really involved here is that there has to be disclosure uh, in order to have the vote be correct. And the judge actually goes into the idea that we know it's a big winner, and that's not what's at stake. I think a lot of us would j- just say, hey, you know what? I don't really care how much you made. We made a lot of money, but that's not, that's not in play. But I think what's in play is they have to discredit this journal story, and they have to do it now. They have to say, listen, we're going to appoint someone. Why are you, why are you shaking your head? I'm not at you, not at you. Oh, all right. We have to appoint someone who is, it, I don't know, who cannot. They get Ted Wells from Paul Weiss, and they find out, you know, he can't be bought. Somebody who can't be bought, and they examine this. That's what they have to do. Get someone who can't be bought. Meanwhile, the downdraft in the stock price, which was occurring long before these articles uh, came out. What? That's because people uh, think was, he's going to leave. No, it's also because, of, you know, the, the order right. was not well received. There's a lot of competition in China, not to mention in EVs, Europe. EVs are not good. Um, Toyota reports numbers that show that hybrids are in ascendance. They had huge revenue increases no, at Toyota. Real, because they're, 
their portfolio of cars, their fleet of cars is very much weighted towards oh, they're, that. They're calling it a, a vindication of the hybrid model. But remember, this was not a this was a tech company that happened to be on wheels and have a lot of other tech including yeah. AI, and then he kiboshed the AI by saying, let's see, gets more money or share, more well, share. more control. More control. More control. Then maybe the AI will be done somewhere else. That's when I got worried. I yep. was not worried about the quarter. Yep. That's no, Daiwa's call, is that the, the worry is that it would do something to the, the long-term innovation yeah. prospects. The die was cast that day. I once spelled my first, my first piece at the Talisman Democrat, I spelled it D-Y-E, revealing to me as a complete fraud, by the way. Thank heavens, my by my byline was Jamer Kramer because they did got the change the S to an R. <laughs> uh, we'll watch it. Uh, Tesla obviously uh, still a force, uh, well beyond autos. We'll get Kramer's mad dash and countdown to the opening bell. Uh, get set for another busy session with futures within a range. Back in a minute. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com methane. Got some companies being rewarded after results today. Lily's just one example. We'll get to GEHC. DuPont had already pre-announced, and we'll get to some of the other names with numbers today, like uh, Carrier and Spotify. Sure. Opening bell in less than five minutes. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Let's get to a Matt Dash with Jim. We've got a minute and a half before we get to an opening bell here on this Tuesday. GE Healthcare, which we've talked about occasionally, is uh, the subject. Yeah, it was one of the more heavily shorted so-called blue chips. This is a spinoff of, obviously, when, when Larry Cole broke things up. And they reported really dynamite numbers. And uh, they gave you terrific, they gave you the three plus that, that people were worried that they wouldn't be able to deliver. Uh, they've got some great AI that it, within the MRIs. They do MRI, they do uh, CT scan. Uh, these are very important. Ultrasound, not that good, okay? But the fact is, is that these machines are in strong demand because they give you a great ROI. This was the breakout quarter, and I think that the shorts are going to have to rethink their game plan, not out, not unlike the shorts who are still short Estee Lauder. I just bring these up because these are squeeze stocks now. They're squeeze stocks. The shorts just don't get it. GE Healthcare is a high-quality company. And it had been under some pressure because people didn't understand what the structure was going to look like. Now we know. Of course, that was uh, the amalgamation of any number of acquisitions made under the ML administration at GE, led by the Amerson deal that I remember well. Now, remember, I did a piece yesterday on Danaher. Danaher was a big beneficiary of the life sciences funeral, and they had numbers that were Get the opening bell here in the CNBC Real Time Exchange of the Big Board HVAC Provider Carrier and at the NASDAQ Software and Data Company Zoom Info. Uh, it's interesting, Carrier is not really doing much. Uh, Dave Gitlin will be on the show, the CEO. He's done a remarkable job. They just did a big acquisition in Europe. We have to learn more. People are saying that the number wasn't enough. 
to be able to move things, unlike Train TT, which is another HVAC company that might, that did have superior numbers. But we'll have to dig down tonight when we talk. Yeah, uh, HVAC uh, down one. I think Street yeah, was looking I, I for plus three, yeah. and sales were a miss, but they guide in line. Right, and look, I think that this is one of those where you either believe that Europe is going to continue to favor heat pumps, uh, which have the least amount of global warming problems, and, uh, you know, maybe it, some people feel that they that Europe is too fickle and may not be able to give. They were going to give incentives, and now maybe they won't offer incentives. It's something I'm going to talk about tonight. Uh, by the way, it, just in terms of things that people, David mentioned what's next in NVIDIA, and I am so proud that Chuck Robbins has a deal, Cisco and NVIDIA, to help enterprise quickly and easily deploy and manage secure AI infrastructure. There you go. Now, Cisco did miss this previous quarter. They did not give good guidance for this quarter. But you do have a link to NVIDIA. I do know that uh, this is not strange in that Chuck's got a good relationship with them. But you're going to see Cisco up today. Remember, I reiterate, it was not a good quarter last. And he did not give you and, – and, and if you remember, because he was on our show – that uh, Chuck did not give us a great forecast, but they have a relationship with NVIDIA, and NVIDIA is touched by an angel right now. Uh, up, ever, up ever so slightly, but again, as we pointed out earlier, up 40% for the year, NVIDIA shares, which are, let's call it, flat right now. Well, the, look, yesterday Goldman Peace talked about how they thought that the second half of 24 would be a slowdown because everyone would have had their chips, the Grace Hopper chips that everyone's talking about run incredibly fast, but they raised their, because of the hyperscalers, because of the metas, uh, they just said, look, look the demand is just incredible. You know, Carl, I think that people underestimate. I remember when I talked to, to Jensen about his relationship with Mark Zuckerberg, and I was somewhat skeptical. I said, oh, come on. Well, they have a very close relationship, and Meta is a top three customer. Amazon, an amazing customer. Uh, yeah, Morgan Stanley has what they call a cloud CapEx tracker. That was good. Uh, up 28 year on year. That's the best since 18, right. uh, as we're in the middle of this uh, CapEx arms race, at least in the cloud. Well, yesterday, if you go over what Jim Umpleby is really saying about Caterpillar, one of the things he's saying, and I know, David, you probably think this is far afield, but he's calling about the de-cyclization of Cat. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why it's de-cyclicalized, it's a new word, is because they're connected with the data center. Well, that came up in your interview with him yesterday. Well, our interview, I yes, think. Our I tend interview. to look at this our interview. Okay, I don't recall asking a question. But, your self-effacing does nothing for me. that said, I was listening with great interest when he did discuss their opportunity in just building data centers or the fact yep. that they are part of that boom. Right. Well, it's painful to hear endlessly, well, China, China, China. I mean, no. I mean, you know, we had the same problem with Tim Cook on Friday, China, China, China. Can we just, Estee Lauder, China, China, can we just stipulate that it's awful in China? And by the way, there's a man who's running for president, and we don't talk about him much because we don't talk politics, but the, the tariffs that President, former President Trump would put on China would make it so that you would have to have catastrophic de- uh, deterioration of China's economy if, if he were elected and could get this. Not our own, just China's? Catastrophic. What, how we would be hurt? Yeah. We, the supply chains are very intertwined. It would hurt us. They still are deeply intertwined, aren't yes, they? Yes, they are. You can't move things to Malaysia very easily or Vietnam. And equality is considered to be suboptimal. But I think that the, I think he's never been a big... I remember when I did my first start of my show, 2005, 2008, he would come on and just savage the Chinese. And I don't think anything's changed at all. Nothing. 
Although it's not clear that he understands that, you know, the Taiwan relationship and what Taiwan Semi can do. Because he thinks the Taiwan Semi has betrayed the United States by doing a lot of, this is, I believe he thinks, by doing, taking a lot of our semiconductor business. However, just we know, let's understand the progression. Taiwan Semi is a tenth of the cost to make things because they have a lot of engineers. And so it was AMD and NVIDIA did not betray the United States by, by making their high-end chips in Taiwan. But Secretary Raimondo is trying to make the lower mid-range chips here. Yep, bringing the back, bring uh, some of that manufacturing capacity back to the Raimondo. United States. What do you uh, what do you I, I, I'm going to talk Spotify briefly because the stock is up almost 11%. Yes. Um, we follow, obviously, the leader in, uh, in streaming music. Uh, very strong revenue numbers being uh, well-received by the street. Total revenue up 16% uh, year over year. 20%, I think, when you're talking uh, constant currency, right. uh, fourth quarter to fourth quarter. Premium Qu- revenue growth, 17%. They even actually had their, their uh, ARPU up a, a little bit. Ad-supported revenue growth, 12%. And the gross margin, 26.7%. I'm glad you mentioned gross margin. That this, was me. That's well, well ahead of guys. Jim, you know, uh, Meta may be the leader in terms of efficiency, but it's not like other companies didn't get that memo. And Daniel Ek, over the last year, has yes. been um, focused as well yes. on paring things down, paring costs. Obviously, they are far from spending uh, the amount of money they previously did in, in podcasting when it became a major priority for them. They did potentially sign this new deal with Joe Rogan recently. That said, they're not broadly throwing the money around the way they were. And that efficiency being rewarded by shareholders. Well, let's let's go deeper on that, David. Uh, We had always believed that tech had unlimited assets. The coffers are tremendous. They should just hire, hire, hire. But that is no longer the case. It's just, I think people have realized, because of Zuckerberg, that you fire 20,000 people and your numbers go up. I mean, that was extraordinary. Yeah, your productivity went up. I mean, my God, their per earnings per employee went up threefold at Meta. Something along those lines. Incredible. Incredible. 87,000 down to 67,000. Yeah, and Carl, we haven't even started with the AI being able to make it so that uh, call center people are much more valuable, but therefore you may, you could say either they're more productive or you can let some go. Uh, we know that this economy is robust enough that it can absorb a lot of people, but the non-hire of people is amazing. And one of the reasons why people still don't like Google is Google has not owned up to what it's, you know, they're still hiring more than they're selling. But, you know, we don't talk enough about Jassy and how they're slimming down rather amazing. And there the productivity is going up big. We got some fresh numbers on tech layoffs today. 32,000 so far this year. They tend to, they're, they're, they're separating them into buckets. There was a COVID wave, then there was an interest uh, rate cycle wave, yes. and now this is very much more about restructuring, Jim, as opposed to just sheer exactly. savings. And one of the things that, like, if you talk with the great people at Amazon, what they would tell you is, we had to figure out, we overhired. We had to figure out kind of like, this is not their, their uh, analogy, but Jenga. You, you don't want to pull out the, the guy who then <laughs> makes the whole one. thing topple. <laughs> you know, uh, it, there are, I mean, you know, people don't understand, like when you talk to Amazon, a lot of times you're in awe because it's hard not to be because, you know, you get your product while you're talking to them. And uh, I just find that I said, you got to start firing people. got to start firing people. And, and the CFO pushed back to me and says, which ones? Do you know which ones? I said, you got to fire 100,000 people. Give us the list. And, and, and the CFO said to me, uh, he said, David, um, that's great. Uh, you, it's great that you don't run the firm. Yes. Jim, <laughs> as for really Spotify, uh, B of A wrote over the weekend that the future is going to be about 
not content being king, but curation, because in the mess of AI and misinformation, it's going to be important for audiences to get aggregated, and that's their bull case on spot. You on a day where, um, for example, the journal has this piece about Disney's proxy season. Well, you know, look, I, I think there's a lot of worry about what could happen and how we do have to curate. I mean, there is a, a my friend John Ellis, who writes just a, you know, a great news items uh, blog, was talking about how there's talk that there's going to be a Obama not uh, oral, not video, in a coffee shop saying something negative about Biden that will be completely untrue and it will go viral. And he's just saying, this is where our democracy is headed. Are you ready for it? And I would want someone in between me and the, that video. I would want Michelle Obama on Spotify because it's vetted and it's professional. So I really like Spotify. Um, guys, you're talking what? about layoffs, and it doesn't it does seem as though almost every day we get some announcement. Today it's DocuSign. It's kind of oh, um, yeah. announcing a restructuring. This stock has also been buffeted by constant rumors of a potential deal to acquire it, to take private. That doesn't appear to be in the cards any longer. That was reflected in part yesterday in a decline when one of the news services that had been reporting on the possibility of a takeout said that that was, I think, fading. But this morning, it's uh, the news that they're going to cut about 6% of the workforce, majority of the impacted positions in sales and marketing. Um, and they estimate that'll cost them about 28 to 32 million in non-recurring restructuring charges. And overall, again, a restructuring plan designed to strengthen and support the company's financial and operational efficiency. Uh, they say they'll continue to invest. This was, of course, a COVID darling. You can go back and wow. take a look at that. But Should what has been more recently featured is the idea that would there be a private equity buyer for this thing? When you initiate a restructuring plan, that typically means no. So firing out of weakness versus firing out of strength. That's a good point. Spotify Why fires out of strength. Why is it being well responded to? Yeah. Why is right? it? Because their business sucks. <laughs> hey, listen, Carp gave us license to say anything, right? Alex Carp with his great Palantir quarter, mm -hmm. he gave us, he took us in places that only George Carlin warned us where to go. He took us to news. George new Carlin places. helped me with Mad Money. Did he really? really? Yeah, he really? did. I don't, know, I don't think I know that story. My timing when we started, like my timing. Wow. Um, Jim Boeing, uh, Phil with a great interview with the FAA administrator saying that there probably need to be permanent inspectors at both Boeing and Spirit uh, and that they are doing a full look at, from nose to tail, uh, the production system. Yeah, to have the inspectors built in, of course, it'd be one of the things that they always prided the FAA is, listen, we're not your babysitters, but it's gotten to uh, insane. Do you know that Spirit... Yesterday I made I raised this issue of whether Boeing should have bought Spirit. This was before the board many times, so it's not something I made up. Uh, Spirit being a company that was sold off, and I, I would argue to make Boeing's quarter, and obviously there's a quality control uh, issue. You know, now why won't anyone say there's a quality control issue? I mean, why, why so hard? Why would they? Why, why doesn't uh, Calhoun say, "Listen, I know Calhoun takes the big man, takes the man approach. Listen, it's really on us." Yeah, but that's great. But can we find out where it's wrong? where things are going well, wrong. if you remember, Alcoa made some, had some problems. No, there was a tile company that was making certain products, and um, they had to switch the kind of, uh, of material they used. Yep. And, you know, Boeing finger-pointed. So, listen, man, we buy this tile from these guys. It's no good. 
Oh my God, he's going to talk Simon. I got and I got David Simon on tonight. Oh, good. You do? Yes, I do. Really? Yeah. We've made we 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 made peace. No kidding. Well, yeah. All right. I'll give you a little tease here then. Yeah, Simon. Property I hope Group. you're positive. The, the rumors of that company's demise, I think, have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, he's fantastic. They, for quite some time, there was a period where we talked about the decline of the mall, and it isn't as though there are a lot of malls, particularly let's call it the B-level malls, that are bad shape, right. but. When you own the good properties, as uh, in really office even as well, when you own yeah. the really top of the market, you're doing fine. And, and Simon Property Group, no exception there. Uh, oh, I love putting the quarter. Up a quarter that I guess I'll let you opine well, on, Jim. You raised but a dividend at 8.3%. 30th anniversary, by the way, is a public company. Yeah. And how about, do you see the dispositions, total, how much he's given? Total returns to shareholders of 3,100% over those 30 years. It's not bad. No, now, not bad. one of the things that was historically funny on the cops calls, he's dry humor, I would say, okay? Yes. Uh, is that he said that his yield uh, is too high. He, he raised the dividend, which, of course, what he's saying is my stock's too low. And he sold a little bit of the authentic brands uh, with Jamie Solder. And one of the things that I just love about him is if you go to the website, it literally is every mall that is still exciting to go to. Uh, this is a remarkable man, David, and I, a lot of pride, which I think he deserves, uh, because, frankly, uh, he's talking about omnichannel, mixed use. He's got the, his ideal property that he talked about has uh, a Nobu restaurant, Nobu apartments. And I wanted to move. Of course, it's not your um, So it'll be a nice cheerleading session on Mad Money tonight for David Simon? 100%. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Well, uh, occupancy up a few basis points quarter on quarter. How Minimum the- rent accelerating per well, square foot. Yeah, how can you? you know, look, there's someone, there's been headlines that say the forecast missed estimates. Well, these are people who are gravely misguided because the fact is, although we would say 2022 is better, I think, than 2023, that, that this is one of the great investments of all time. And I felt like after when I talked to him that this belongs in my travel trust. It's that strong a story. Really strong story. Amazing. If, Amazing uh, man. If Steve Schur came back on uh, Mad Money, CEO of Hertz, would it be a cheerleading session there too or not as much? Stocks actually not responding that negatively to earnings from Hertz. Well, it's, there's pre, it was a pre-announcement, and all he did was verify the pre-announcement. Right. Apparently, um, the Teslas that he's trying to sell are selling well. Uh, he did not order the Teslas. That was his previous administration. But the answer, David, is, is that it was a previous administration. Yeah, Mark Fields was involved there for a period of time, too, right, advising that company, but I think, it, is when it, they were Am I going to throw myself at, uh, on that one? No. Uh, I mean, David been, Simon deserves it. Stock's because he's been cut in half this year. But Simon's not. I mean, Simon survived. Maybe, you know, there's not a lot of mall companies that survive. Plus, his malls are great. You ever go to his malls? His malls so you great. don't want to talk about Hertz. <laughs> we had him on, was it uh, two weeks ago? Stock's yeah. pretty, the stock yeah. is in, exactly in line with his pre-announcement. Yeah. yeah. David is trying to get me to do things like I tried to question him on Musk yesterday. Mm. And uh, Steve, uh, how about this? Steve Schur was a, remo- a monumental CFO at Goldman Sachs. Yes, he was an excellent CFO. Statesman. Uh, Statesman. Uh, Jim, uh, you mentioned EL earlier. Uh, Freda says, quote, not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, as the stock... Making its way, what, it's been from 100 to 150 since Halloween. Well, they did talk about a very big restructuring, and they talked about how Hong Kong's come back. The stock was up very big yesterday, so I understand there's some profit taking. Uh, I believed in Mr. Freighter for a very long time, and I think that apropos of what David said, I'll go there. I believed, and I was right, and then I was wrong. Yeah. 
You were right and then you were wrong. Yeah, I said that. No, I know. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk about it. I don't know why that was funny. KKR? You want to talk KKR? People are, people are very interested in KKR. They are. Uh, one of the larger alternative asset managers in our country, the market value of some $81 plus billion, uh, and reported earnings that are worth at least a mention. You can see the stock is responding positively. Um, fundraising, investing, distributable, distributable earnings, I tried to say uh, beat. Um, although AUM may have come in a bit below some estimates at least. Uh, total AUM, $553 billion. Some had been looking for perhaps as much as $566 billion. Um, fee earning AUM may have missed as well. That said, generally uh, quite a positive response. Just to put it in perspective, Blackstone did cross the trillion-dollar level yeah. of No, these uh, are all companies that some would say are unregulated and not, and not hamstrung by uh, banking regulations that make it so that they can't return as much capital they as they'd like. extremely active in private credit that we talk about uh, with some frequency here. Obviously, they still do have the old buyout business that is yeah. still a part of what they do, but it's it's gone so far beyond that. Uh, and as we David, try to make the point, whether it's Blackstone or Brookfield or KKR or Apollo, these are enormous companies involved in every level of the capital structure seemingly these days. Yeah, I mean, I think that the smartest people other than the ones who go to Palantir where they're very hungry uh, now go to private credit, not to, I mean, the smartest people, of course, is a subjective issue. Yes. Uh, if you were to go out of school right now, that's where you would go. That's where the money is. Private that's credit, Will, baby. Willie Sutton. Willie Sutton. Go where the money is. Yeah. Yep. Guys, going to be a busy session. Dow's up 160 to start this Tuesday. Watch bonds as well. Uh, Mester, Kashkari, Collins, and Harker all on the tape uh, this afternoon and going into the evening hours. Plus the three-year note auction, some $54 billion worth. S&P 49.53. We're back after a break. Watch crude. Uh, there's an increasing sense here that we're not going to get any further news regarding a potential ceasefire in the Middle East before the new API numbers come in. A little bit of uh, bullish action on uh, WTI uh, above 73 and a half. Dow's up 130. And we'll get stopped trading with Jim after a short break. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Lily's leaving a lot of uh, drug companies in their wake. Magical Pharmaceutical, uh, uh, Caro, and 89 Bio were all companies working on this Nash illness. Uh, and you can see what happens when Lily comes in and has the, the on phase two work, uh, incredible business that says these guys may not have. It doesn't matter. Like, stop what you're doing. That's how good Lily's Nash drug is. Wow. Now, they will... You know, obviously, these companies are not going to just give up, but that's how great the Nash study is. And these are remarkable numbers out of Lilly, and that's why it's such a dream drug. It's, it's got to go higher. This, this is a, a disease that is a death sentence for a lot of people, and everyone was working on it, these three. And uh, Nash, it is for Lilly. They've, they've won. They've got it. They've got it conquered, it looks like. Which is incredible. It is pretty fascinating. It's incredible. Uh, how about tonight? You mentioned Simon. Okay, I've got Simon, uh, which again had a great number and gives you great yield. Uh, I have Dave Gitlin, who just rang the uh, the bell for Carrier, which is a very exciting company. Now, did it do as well as Train? Well, we'll, we'll talk about it. Maybe it should should be up. And then I have Chipotle, which has been a remarkable stock. I've been recommending that stock ever since uh, 400 when they had that airborne illness. Any restaurant could have had it. Brian Nichols doing an crazy, jo- incredible job. Uh, Jack Hartung, CFO. Uh, maybe he replaces Rich Galanti now that Rich Galanti's retiring from Costco, which is just devastating. Because Galanti's that bad. Yes. Yeah, well, be curious to hear about pricing after McDonald's yesterday and sort of this yep. 
Oh, absolutely, and that was a very throw yourself when you're. That was a very discouraging conference call from McDonald's because when you're talking about trading down from McDonald's and have to cook at home, I've always felt that McDonald's offered quite a bargain, David, but it's apparently not enough. Yeah, well, strapped consumer. Six dollar hash browns. People started well, to. I know. Blink. You know, in that Baconator, man, some people are just not deterred no matter how many. Double Baconator. Just a long time since you mentioned the Baconator. Well, because I I like being married. I like being married. I tried the other way. It's not so hot. (laughs) Yes, you did. Yeah. That's a loser, by the way, David. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Yeah, just in case you're debating. No. Don't. No debate. Okay. We'll see you tonight, Jim. You uh, 6 p.m. Uh, Mad Money. Dow losing some opening gains up about 100. Chips are down. We'll watch that as well. Back in a moment. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. 